Welcome to Talking Threads. My name is Jordan, and these are conversations to explore the different themes and elements we see through the narrative of the Bible. The idea is that by inviting different voices and perspectives to dialogue about these themes, that we will all be challenged to learn and explore. Some of the thoughts and topics that we'll talk about will be us just thinking out loud. It won't all be polished and packaged in a way that is meant to be definitive answers or statements. There may be ideas that we disagree with, thoughts that are inconclusive, and maybe even some concepts that stretch or challenge our thinking. And that's okay. The idea here is simply this. Let's have a conversation around these topics and see what we discover. If you have any questions about what we discuss, you can reach out to podcast at faithchapel.cc and I will personally respond. On this episode, I have Mikey Wall, the junior high pastor at Faith Chapel. We dive into the topic of blood and wine in response to the Threads message of the same name. We explore how this symbol can be unfamiliar and maybe feel odd or alienating, how we can get stuck viewing communion through a specific emotion, and how we can take steps to experience communion with others. Here's my conversation with Mikey. Well, hello, everybody. Today I have with me on the podcast Mikey Wall, who is, he's waving. You don't get to see it, but he's waving at you. <laughs> this is audio only, Mikey, but that's oh, okay. Oh, that's yeah, right. That's so fine. It's yeah. fine. Uh, no, Mikey is uh, the junior high pastor here at Faith Chapel, and uh, we are here today to continue talking about the symbol of blood and wine, a thread that we see throughout scripture. So Mikey, welcome back. Glad to have you with us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So I'm going to kick us off with um, with this question. There's a lot to cover in this topic, and especially when you compare the Older Testament with the New Testament, there's, you know, talking about blood and wine, there's, you know, Old New Testament, or excuse me, Old New Testament, how, how bad was that phrase? There's <laughs> old stories uh, throughout the Old Testament, you know, you've got a sacrificial system uh, of animals, you've got... Um, uh, one that jumped into my mind was Moses turning the Nile into blood, and you've got all this interaction with blood and the Israelites and Egypt and 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 all these things happening, and then you've got the story of Cain and Abel and Cain's blood or Abel's blood crying out to God from the ground. Uh, I mean, we see th- blood throughout the throughout the Old Testament, and then in the New Testament, you've got you know the blood of the lamb who would we would call Jesus and you've got wine and and this act of the lord's supper or eucharist or communion whatever your name is and so so much happening just to give people just a little bit of context for for some of what we're even trying to begin to to tackle today and so i i i want to ask you you got to share with junior high students about this topic but also you've done your own um reading and study about this what has stood out to you um as you've as you've dove into the topic, the symbol of blood and wine. Yeah, I think to start off with, obviously Nate did a fantastic job of covering this this yeah, weekend. Yeah. So if you haven't listened to what Nate had to say, go and listen to that because he's fantastic, communicated fantastically, fantastically about yeah. communion this past weekend. But it is fascinating to look throughout the Bible and in doing research because when we cover something like symbols, right, we cover something like symbols we think about um, the vastness, like you're describing, the vastness of um, all of these different things that we will get into in the next couple of weeks, where how many different instances there are throughout the scripture. And so, like you alluded to, there's so many different instances in the Old Testament where there is blood as an important part of a covenant. So, mm-hmm. like, even after the Israelites escaped um, Egypt— 
Can I interrupt you just really quickly? I'm sorry. You're like mid thought. Yeah. But I just want to circle it. back around to this and see if it comes up. Okay. Do okay it. There's the weird covenant. You talked about old covenants. Yeah. The blood on like the ear. Did you touch the on that blood. at all? Like I where didn't. There's that. Oh man, there's this old, and I'm I'm butchering it, but it just jumped into my mind. There's this old covenant where like you touch the inside of the thigh. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. place the blood on the ear or something like that. Anyways, I'm sorry. No, 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 that's it totally just jumped fine. In. I was like, oh, that's another really no, weird thing. No, I didn't even blood. think about it. There's so many weird things. Yeah. There's so many yeah, weird sorry. things. So I like. Completely the, cut No, 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 off. that's mid, totally mid fine. I was like. Should I have learned about that? I, I don't remember <laughs> no, that. No, and I, I might be butchering it. I might look. I might go back. I remember. And look I don't remember the. Exist. I don't remember how blood came into that, but I remember the hand on the thigh yeah, thing. Yeah, there's some weird Jewish traditions, yeah. like and weird cultural things within Absolutely. the Jewish culture, yeah. even to this day. Like getting yeah. to go to Israel and like see some some yeah. of the people and stuff. But the one that I was thinking about was and and yeah. weird or different. Yeah, sorry, weird unfamiliar. to us. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, weird yeah, to yeah. us. Yeah, yeah. yeah, unfamiliar. Very politically incorrect yeah. or culturally incorrect for yeah, me to yeah. say that. Insensitive, I should say. Yeah, it was different. It was yeah. jarring, I guess I should say, yeah. to, to experience some of that. But the one I was thinking about was they left They left Egypt. The Israelites are there um, wandering, and they received the Ten Commandments. There's the oopsie-daisy, right, with the golden calf. And then the <laughs> – but then, then Moses gets the second, like, set of, like – code or like laws for the Israelites and he takes blood and he sprinkles it on like these like elders of like Mm. the tribe and the the community. And as they're like repeating back things to him, like, yes, we will do what the Lord has commanded us. He's taking part of the blood and like sprinkling it on them. Again, <laughs> very weird. Right. If, if you watched that on a Netflix show or something like that, you'd be like, what cult is this? What am I watching? I mean, it just feels like Wow, that is weird. Which is why I think Nate, like he he covered it in the the message where he talked about like how early Roman like culture distinguished Christians as cannibals, right? Like he talked about them being like yeah, very very odd. And from the outside, right yep. perspective, which I think honestly like is very pertinent to our right. culture today because a lot of our our churches are becoming more and more unchurched as right. far as like right. who's attending. Right. So this context is like super, super important. Right. Absolutely. And so, yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff. Yeah. Again, odd stuff for us who are, who are reading, it's reading cult- through the Bible. It's a time. It's, I mean, we're, we're covering, you know, thousands of years ago, a cultural tradition that many nations might've had some sort of ritual similar to this. So to them, it, this is normal. It's yeah. part of, you know, part of what they do. And blood, blood was a lot more common, right? Like you right. said, like blood animals, livestock was currency. Like it was just not thought of in the same way that we typically right. like think of it today. And then the other piece, wine, right? P- wine is such a, such was such a massive part of their culture and yep. such a massive part of just their community and gatherings and like yeah. weddings, for instance, you think about weddings, uh, when we were in Israel, my wife and I um, touring, our tour guide, Ronan, said that, uh, that that you could not have a wedding without wine. And I don't know if he was like speaking like with like absolute like certainty, but like he right, was, was thinking this about- his opinion? Like, I, don't yeah, do right? it or is it like- But he, he basically yeah. went so far as to say like wine was such an integral, like integrated part of like yeah. their customs that yeah. you would, it was an embarrassment if you did not have wine. Yeah at your wedding. And it was a part of like the husband and wife coming together, yep. right. In a cup co- in the covenant, again, another covenant of marriage to like share a cup to, to show like, Hey, we are coming together mm, yeah. and sharing this. And so fascinating that one of Jesus's that the first recorded miracle, right. Of Jesus was turning water into wine, yeah. which you alluded to the Moses, right? Like the, one of the plagues was God turned the water into blood. It was fascinating. Yeah. The connection yeah. there yeah. between water yeah. and blood, water, wine, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. yeah just cool. kind of cool to think through. Absolutely. I don't know, kind of one of those yeah. weird things. Don't yeah. know if there's anything to that, no, but, but it's fun to think about, right? It is right? fun to think about, yeah. 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 No, I, I mean, there's, there's, like I said, there's so much to cover and there's so much that feels just wild to us looking back in and going, really, is this the requirement? Is this what, what, what they did? Is that real? And so, yeah, you've got, you've got so much to cover and you brought up, you know, elements that, that I, I wasn't even, you know, going that direction, but then you do have this, this beautiful new covenant through, and you've got the, the imagery of, of the marriage relationship. There's, there's so much to, to unpack and to uncover. And then, you know, we get to this place where, you know, we're invited to, to have this symbolic thing, um, which, which, I mean, I I do want to say if you're listening and you're wrestling with, um, you know, I'm, I'm breaking the fourth wall here and and kind of pausing my conversation with Mikey for a second. Like I I don't want to, to treat any of this with any sense of irreverence, you know, as we're talking about Jesus blood Mm -hmm. or communion, these are very sacred things, but I also do want to recognize that for some who are wrestling with, some of what scripture has in there, there's a lot to unpack that we miss sometimes culturally, just being Westerners, being American, or based on our our upbringing in the church, there might be things that are just hard to wrap our minds around. And that's okay. I just want to give, give people space, give you space, give myself and Mikey space to wrestle with these things and go, at least call it what it is at first and go, oh, this is at least unfamiliar. And so I'm not trying to make light of, of, of something like this, but more just, for sure. you know, create space for us to journey, to, to, to journey well. So um, looking at some of these things and, you know, you, you kind of said it's fun to think about water into wine and the river into blood. Were there any things as you, as you explored this topic that were like a light bulb moment for you that you, that you went, wow, I've, I'd never seen it through that lens before. When we talk about, um, this covenant of blood through Jesus, this new covenant, and then our symbolism of it with, with wine. Is there, is there anything that was like, wow, that really connected a dot for me? Yeah. I think for me, it wasn't even necessary. One of the things that really, um, hit me with new clarity this weekend, uh, as I was or this previous week as I was doing preparation for teaching junior high and and everything was just communion. And I don't know where different people are at when it comes to communion, how many people have experienced it many, many times, how many people have experienced it, you know, for the first time this last weekend or whatever. Um, But for junior hires, it was especially really helpful for me to think about how some of them, it was potentially the first time they'd really ever heard about communion and what that actually is. Um, And so one of the things that really struck me for the first times uh, this week, past week, was you have the the Jewish people, the Hebrew people who are doing Passover to remember what God has done. Mm-hmm. So one of the questions that I asked the students was, you know, um, how many of you, and at this point you have to go great, 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 great grandparents, oftentimes to get back to like where your parents came to the United States from. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But like, how many of you remember or know where your family came from? Mm-hmm. How many of you are still familiar with that language or how many of you are familiar with customs that come that, that are from that country? Yeah. Right. And so just getting them to open up in dialogue and thinking about that and then talking about, you know, how long the Israelites were in captivity and then how long they wandered and, mm-hmm. and then up until Jesus point, the repetition of this remembrance, which is what Nate talked about, right? This remembrance of what God had done for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have this kind of routine, yearly routine of these people taking and setting aside an intentional time to remember what God has done mm-hmm. um, for his people, what he had done for his people and delivering them. And one of the things that this is the piece that struck me, like really struck me, is you have Jesus there with his apostles and um, and you have him sitting there and instead of 
continuing this meal in a way that would have been done for years and years and years and years and years, which you'd have to believe, right? Jesus, you know, around 30 years old, right? Like he had participated in this right. previously, yeah. but at this particular time, right. he stands up and instead of saying, hey, remember what God did for the people, he says, you're going to remember what I did. Mm-hmm. You're going to remember who I am. Yeah. You're going to remember like that to me, that hit me with just so much clarity this past week. And, and so I tried to bring that into talking with my students, which is like, listen, like imagine going through the motions of doing something over and over and over and over and over again. And then all of a sudden somebody throws a massive curveball at you Mm -hmm. and hits you with this, like, and they're equating themselves to this other incredible, like wonderful, like thing that you celebrate moment, like this thing that God did. And Jesus is equating himself to this, to this, this celebration, this, this moment. And that to me hit me with just a new sense of just wonder. Like I was just blown away by, man, how audacious <laughs> to stand up. And obviously you're the son of God. Jesus knows who he is. He knows what he's about. But imagine being in that room and, and instead of, and that just is consistent with how he taught. Instead yeah. of saying it is written, he oftentimes would say, I say to you. Right. 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 Like you've heard it said, but now I say, but now yeah. I say, yeah. and just, I just love that. Like, yeah. it's just, it brings, it brings like a fresh perspective. I think to think about Jesus, Absolutely. just breaking the monotony of what they've experienced. So that was a really cool moment. Yeah. No, that's, that's, I think we read, I read of the Passover. I have read of the Passover feast that, that, that moment with his disciples. And it feels like a one-off. And so it's like, well, of course it was special. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think there probably would have been a, a sense of, we've done this together, Jesus, several times. You know, if he called the disciples roughly, you know, a couple of years prior, two, three years prior, and this is, they already done it a couple of times before. So, you know, we've done this. And if they grew up doing it, it's like, yeah, just one more. It's like their Easter tradition before Easter, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, so their Passover tradition, this is what they do. And... Then Jesus says, yeah, you're going to remember, like, that would have been, would have been It would have been different. It would have stood out. It would have made them pay attention. And I'm sure they did because of the events that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Following quickly. So. Right. Yeah. Right. No, that's, that's really cool. That's, that's a, that's a really, really beautiful perspective. And, and that, that sets us to, I love how you brought up remember because then we're commanded to, and invited to partake in, you know, and partake being such a. Christian word, um, but take part. When do you ever? When do you ever say, say partake in <laughs> yeah, a, yeah. in any other context besides? Makes me think of parcheesi. I don't know why. Okay, I'm just sure. that's fine. But I mean, have you said that partake? Ever? Yeah, let like, us partake just, together. Just in like no, never no. except for church. Except yeah, for never. church. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just wanted to make sure I wasn't the only one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so <laughs> then we're invited into this this uh, into the Lord's Supper, into Eucharist, into communion, into this um, this thing that carries with it so much mystery, so much beauty. Um, And one of the things that Nate talked about, he had six things that we could know. Um, And I loved that because there's so much that, that is still a mystery about communion and what is it actually doing and what, what's happening in the midst of that, because it's, it's both this um, massive symbol, you know, like yet it carries much more than what, is just physically in our hands in that moment, you know, often a very gross wafer and, you know, 
some slightly sour juice. Yes. yes <laughs> right. Yes. You know, but so we've got, we've got these things that represent something bigger. And so this mysterious thing, um, talk about some of those, those other things that we can know about communion and this idea of remembering, um, specifically what, what's, what strikes you in those things that we can know about it? Yeah. Again, I think I'm going to kind of refer to what I tried to communicate to my students this weekend. I tried to stick pretty closely to like what Nate said. So I utilized a lot of those six things and, and just tried to kind of make it make sense to them. So I think the big thing that I think was a, a really, you know, you think about the words when you, th- when you, when you want to teach somebody to think for themselves to like, which junior high is that age where they're starting to fully kind of understand right. and their brains are changing and developing. Okay. How do I think for myself? I think it's important for us as adults to continue to do that. Like to remember that, especially yeah. if we've been in church for a while yep. is to think about words with a newness and a clarity. Right. So thinking through, for instance, root words, yep. right? Like, and, and how they're important. So like communion, you yep. hear the word communion. What does that mean? Well, what else is in there? I asked the students, right? What else? What sounds like communion, right? Community, right? Yeah. And and so being able to explain that, like, okay, listen, God is a God who wants us to designed us to be in relationship with him and with other people. And when we do communion, when we take communion together, that's us coming together to be able to live in such a way that he created for us to be originally, right? And Jesus is has provided through his blood, through his the new covenant, right? He's provided that way for us. And the thing that I, I really tried to hammer home with them is like, hey, we all have the same need. You might come into this room and you might think that some of these other students have their lives put together or that they're maybe smarter than you or they're maybe more athletic than you or maybe they have a brighter chance of a future because of their family dynamics or they're more wealthy, whatever. You could throw anything. Right. But when we do this together... And this is the beautiful thing that I think they he explained this on the stages, right? Is like we all get to come together in a place of commonality and take this together, experience this together. And because we all have the same need, which is the need for a savior. Mm-hmm. So that was a big one that I think um, just kind of set the table for those students to be like, okay. I don't need to compare myself to other people. Like we are all, we're all one in this moment. And we need more, we need more times like that because we spend so much of our life comparing ourselves to other people and where are we at? And even it's easy to get caught up in that, in the, in the the Christian lifestyle, right? It's like, well, that person sins less than me or that. So just moments where we can remember, no, 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 we all have the same need. And so we're all coming together. I think the other big one for, um, for me, for, for these students too, is like, especially cause they're kind of crazy, but it can translate, I think to all of us in the craziness of our life is the reverence piece is, yeah. um, we are so busy oftentimes moving from a to B to C to D. And a lot of times our focus is on, is on ourself. And so being able to have that, that moment of reverence that you bring your heart mm-hmm before and your mind before the Lord and you surrender the things that are keeping mm-hmm. you from that relationship. You mm-hmm. surrender those things um, back to the Lord and say, Hey, I know I need you. Mm-hmm. And I know that I've let, let you down and I, I haven't lived, you know, in the way that I was designed to live in the way that I know I need to live mm-hmm. um, because you created me to live a, sp- a specific way for my, for my benefit and the benefit of the people around me. But, um, I want to take this moment. I want to take this time to remember, to really stop and realize, have that realization of you are holy. 
you are set apart. This is all because of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to remember that. And so we got to take some time this weekend just to, to really like sit and like spread out. Nate did this too for, for main service. Um, but just to take some time to bring what we needed to before the yeah. Lord and say, here I am. And I know that I need you. Yeah. <laughs> I know I'm feeling my depravity in this moment. Yeah. And that's felt, I think, in a different level between, you know, junior hires can only understand and comprehend certain things to that extent. But, you know, it, it brings us all together in a, yeah. a common place. And so those were the two big ones from the six that Nate, I think, um, brought up that really struck a chord. I think with with the students specifically, um, is like, okay, yeah, we, we need to have. Mm-hmm. And here's something I'll say too that was really interesting is um, it was the most, this this past weekend was probably the most like dialed in, attentive um, that I've seen students in a while. And yeah. I think one of the, the beautiful things about that is young people, and I think we all have this within us, but we, we have a desire to understand like we're talking about how right. this is a very complex thing. Right. We all want to understand why. Right. Right. We all want to have clarity. We mm-hmm. all want to do something with purpose mm-hmm. and with a reason. And so I think communion is one of those things that um, is really important for our yeah. relationship with Jesus. So. Yeah. I think that as I even think through what what we're invited into, I think Nate touched on this a little bit, but you know, the old Passover feast would have been, you know, you're doing this act as a remembrance of, you know, fleeing of, you know, fleeing in the night. And so, um, but you had this, this, this ritual and this, this routine, this tradition that you would do every year to go, remember how God delivered us as a people. Remember how God delivered us as Israelites. Remember how God delivered us as the Hebrew group of people. And so you had something that was, that was isolated to a people group to say, this is what we do to remember how God delivered our ancestors years and years and years ago. And so they stopped and remembered God's deliverance. They remembered how he took them out of bondage, out of slavery. Like, and, and those were real things for them. Those were tangible elements. And then for us to think that when Jesus said, do this in rem- remembrance of me, how he's replacing himself as, and, and this gets a little bit philosophical here, but like he's becoming the new Moses, right? And because before it was like, do this in remembrance of what God did through Moses, through freeing the Israelites and from Pharaoh and, and that oppression. But now it's, we're doing this in remembrance of the, of Jesus, who's the new, yeah. he's, he's, he's doing what Moses could never do. He's doing what, and he's making it for everyone, not just for a specific people group. Mm-hmm. He's saying, I mm-hmm. have freed you all from permanent bondage, from permanent slavery, from oppression. And so do this to remember that there's freedom. And and for me, that then inspires. So that remembering, I think, is just such a beautiful picture because Jesus didn't start something new. Again, you know, like we talked about earlier, he repurposed something yeah. that they were already doing. He stepped into like, hey, you've got this tradition of remembering, but no longer, and you already alluded to this, no longer are you doing it to remember Moses, but now you're going to do it to remember me, you know, like mic drop. Yeah. But then that inspires, and I love how Nate explored this too, but this idea of Thanksgiving that for me, what, what community has been such a meaningful piece for me is as I remember to go, thank you. Like, thank you for what you did, what you're still doing and for that freedom. And that's almost always been like the, 
one of the most beautiful weights of communion for me is, mm. is that element of, of Thanksgiving. Um, and I, I actually like, I don't know if I ever learned it. I, I imagine at some point I did, but just that reminder, that refresher, that Eucharist means Thanksgiving was like, oh, wow. Like even that word kind of feels old school and like super religious, but to have that like, oh yeah, it just means. Can I ask you, yeah, can ahead. I ask you a question just about your personal experience? I don't know if you can relate to this or not, but whenever I took communion growing up, now, as I started to reflect on it this past week, and I kind of shifted where I went with it this weekend uh, because of this, yeah. but did you ever, because you're talking about the thankfulness, right? Yeah. Like how important that is. Did you ever experience when you took communion from a younger age that it was more of like a somber, like, like it was totally. more like, like more of like a somber yeah. moment, yep. like kind of like a somber time to yes. like, kind of like throw all your sin out on yep. the table oh, and, absolutely. Just, and then just be like, <sighs> okay, yeah. there it is. Yeah. Thank you. Like, like. I think one of the things that, yeah. So, okay. So I'm not alone. No, you're feeling that way. I I would definitely say that like for most of my communion experiences, it would have been a weighty experience. It should have been somber. It should have been uh, a repentant heart. It should have been probably filled with some sort of almost confession, you know, preceding it. Um, And, and so I don't think, I don't think it's been till more recent years of my life that communion has had a celebration celebrative, yes. celebratory, celebratory, like, yeah. whatever the word is. Yeah. <laughs> it hasn't had that feel until more recent years where I'm going, Oh, this doesn't have to be so, I mean, it can be like, well, and that's a part gonna, of reverence, absolutely. right? Like, like as a part of reverence, yeah. you want to make sure that it's like, and this is, but I, I do think like the reason I'm bringing this up too, is because I do think that this is a, an aspect of Christianity that some people, and I've heard some people who are, sure. for instance, deconstructing their faith or like yep. wrestling through their faith. Yep. Like they, they think about like, man, it feels like a lot of Christianity is just like trying to make you feel bad for like, right. Like it focuses primarily on your depravity. And like the thing that I, I was able to, to feel, see, and, and like explore this weekend with my students is like, hopefully was changing that perspective. Like, right. listen, there is a reverence and there is a, an understanding of who you are and the need for mm-hmm. God. But then to close it down, I was like, okay, Let's remember, like, for so what we did this weekend was like, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to celebrate because of God's good, yep. because of what Jesus did, because of his victory. And I think Nate brought this up with like the anticipation and proclamation Absolutely. piece, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, hey, we're going to go out and like, just like be so grateful and like yeah. be motivated to like share like this goodness, like this yep. good news with other people. Like, it's not just for us, right? It's for, like you said, you it's for everybody. Yep. And it, he didn't just do this so that we could, all of us could yeah. just come into a room and remember and then be like, okay, well, we're good. It's like, man, we carry that joy of what he right. did. Um, the magnitude, we understand the magnitude, but we carry that joy out into the world now and we right. go, okay, yep. we have something amazing for you yep. um, because of what Jesus did. Yeah. So. And I think those six words were intentional. Yes in that they do help cover a spectrum of emotions, you know, like let's, let's review those six. It was relationship, which is, that's the community part that, you know, you're not doing something alone. And and I think like we're learning, like there's a few different podcasts I listen to and people that I read, but it's always fascinating to me. I was listening to one recently that was talking about what happens to us physiologically when we experience music in the same space, when we, Hmm. when we chant or when we sing. And, And this was actually from a secular quote unquote perspective. And just talking about what that does and the chemicals that are released in our bodies when we sing or chant together. Mm. And so, I mean, he's even, even used a negative version of that, like 
you know, like a riot where maybe you're, you're chanting something over and over. There's, there's a physiological response in our brains and the chemicals and the connection that we feel in a large group. Like, have you ever chanted something by yourself? Probably not, you know, like, but if you're at a sports game, you might chant something and there's a sense of almost euphoria that comes with feeling this togetherness. We're going somewhere We're we're, we're, you know, like in a sense of a football game or a basketball game where you're like, you're going somewhere together. You're, you're in, you're in it. Um, and so I think it's really interesting to, to learn these things now, but also know like God designed us this way and created a space where we get to experience these things. And we're like, for me, I'm uncovering these things through other people who are researching and, and learning about how all that stuff works together. But to go the relationship side of communion, to know when we do that together, there's something that's happening beyond me. Yeah, And that's so cool. Like that connection, it's, it's, it's other, it's beyond what I can fully comprehend, but it's more than just like, it's, it's more like, you know, does that make sense? Like, yeah. like I'm having trouble finding the words for it, but it's like one of those connection pieces to go, Hey, when we take communion as a group, there's something that's happening. That's just powerful. That's, that's connecting. So I love that. And then yeah. the next word was uh Eucharist, which was Thanksgiving. We talked about yep. that, but anticipation, um, so like you're giving thanks like that, that's like a shift. Like you've got this community element, you've got this, this, this bright feeling of like, God, thank you so much, but also could have some weight to it of like somber or a sobering, like Thanksgiving that could be a part of that. But then anticipation, like that's, you're right. That that's celebratory to go like, God, I can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait for you to, to, to make all things new again. And then, then those, re- the re- reverence that comes in this, like, man, that's a totally different moment of worship. And then proclamation, I think, has multi-dimensions to it. And then remembrance, I think, has it all. So I, I love that those six words carry with it just a range of emotions that we can feel beyond. It doesn't just have to be, <laughs> um, like you said, just a, oh, I'm just going to be sad for a few minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And that's, so, But that's that's honestly like that. But it can be, it can be part of it. it and it, I think the thing that is interesting is like, right, it's like God gave us emotions. He created yes. us to be emotional beings. He created yeah. us to, to be intelligent beings. And so that is a part of who we are. And yeah. so you, you, through studying something like this, it's not, it's, I get tired. My dad says this like all the time, right? <laughs> yes. And right. Yeah, like it's, totally. I'm just like, yeah. oh, of course, <laughs> of course he's going to say that. Right. But like you hear the yes. And, but it is, it's, yeah. it's like, yes, it is this reverent, like, right. I think right. that's what Nate was trying to accomplish by through, through sharing all of this all those different aspects to it is it's like, man, it's such a beautiful thing. And I think that the important thing to remember is like, if we're doing, if we're, if we're in a, the right headspace and heart space to, in taking communion, we are experiencing all of those right. primarily. And there might be like a time where you really just feel the need to just come before the Lord and just like repent and to, to hold that reverence. And that mm-hmm. might take a lot of that time, but it's important to remember all of the elements um, while you're taking the elements. While you're taking oh, the, man. Oh, wow. <sighs> wow. That was good. Okay, so let's let's land the plane a little yep. bit. And and so I would I would ask two things. Number one, how did you turn the corner from this reminds me of the series Nate did um I think it was last fall, a year ago, where he talked about like the different gospels where there was like a stunted smaller version of the gospel where we're only looking at a small piece of it. Like, mm. is it still a part of it? Yes. Is it the whole picture? No. And so I think that's what can happen with with something like communion where there might have been an experience for us that was a part of it, 
where it's like, oh yeah, for a while it was only sad. Yeah. <laughs> it was only a sobering experience. So if, if that was a viewpoint of communion and there's an expanded view, part one of the question is how did you turn that corner? to have a more rich, meaningful, deep experience through communion? And then how would you invite others? Because I don't want to just have a conversation like this and leave people with like, oh, neat, that was not helpful at all, but thanks. You know, mm-hmm. I want to give people something that they could step into to say, hey, maybe next time you take communion, here's some ways to to experience a deeper yeah. experience. I said experience a lot. So... <laughs> That's okay. I said a beautiful image the last time you had me on this podcast, probably 27 times. So our brains get into routines. I would say um, to answer your fir- the first part of that question is uh, just continuing to just continuing to learn, be learners. So for me, like I've, I'm 30 years old, I'm continuing to learn more and more and more and more and more about my relationship with Jesus. And one of the most um, the, the awesome things about being a follower of Jesus is you get to continually have these realizations, right? You get to continually yeah. reach a yeah. point where new things are revealed to you. And yeah. and a big reason for that is the people that you surround yourself with, right? right? So when right. you get to listen to somebody like Nate and learn from somebody like Nate or other people in your life, maybe it's a small group, people provide perspective yep. that you oftentimes don't see on your own. Right. Um, when you're reading the Bible or when you're listening to a podcast, even like just being in conversation, being in communion for, you know, to, to yeah. put it one way, yeah. being in a community of people. That's one of the reasons that God created us to be around other people, I right. think, is because he created us so uniquely. We get to experience life to the fullest yeah. as we continue to move through this life. So that's what I would say is like an encouragement is like, I, sometimes I'm my own biggest critic and I get really frustrated when I don't have things figured out. I think it's part of the human condition too, that when we don't, know everything. We kind of sometimes get frustrated. As long as we're continuing to walk faithfully with Jesus, as long as we're continuing to ask good questions, um, to reflect on the past. So that was a big one for me, right? It was like, I reflected on previous, this last week, I was reflecting on Mm -hmm. previous um, times where I've taken communion. If we're reflecting on our relationship with the Lord, I think that's where a lot of breakthrough can happen. Um, And so like for, for me, a big part of it was, um, seeing the points, anticipation and proclamation, yeah. like those two, two were big for me and yep. shaping, oh yeah, I need to remember this right. aspect of communion yeah. too. So I think that's, that's a big piece to it. And then number two, I think you said was, how do you, how do you make how it you, so people aren't leaving just feeling? Yeah, how would you encourage and challenge people to step into a new, um, with communion specifically? Yeah. With communion. A new headspace? Yeah. 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 So I think so, because I, the reason I would say communion specifically is because while the symbol as a whole is blood and wine, yeah. our current experience of that today in 2022, um, as we sit in this room together, would be our most tangible expression of that is through the act of communion. So that's why yeah. I would say no, that. No, that's good. So I'll tell you just a, just briefly, I had a student come up to one of my leaders this weekend um, after Sunday service and we just shared communion together. And one of the things that this student said is he was, he, he asked, he said, is there a place where I can buy like the communion hmm. so that I could do this in my room, like hmm. at home? And first of all, that just makes you want to smile, like from year to year and like kind of make a tear come out of the corner of your eye. Right. Cause it's just such a sweet sentiment. Like it was meaningful to him. Yep. So I, I would say just, um, not being afraid to have moments mm-hmm. where you do these things outside of the church yeah. and you 
are creating reverent space and moments for your relationship with the Lord to um, allow him to have time to speak. Because I do know, for instance, like for the sake of time in the service, you know, there's an, there's a certain period, um, moment that is taken to that Nate provided. There might be times where you need more space. Mm -hmm. You need more time Mm -hmm. to be able to work through all of the different like six things, just to use this as an example, where you need to, to mentally get to a headspace where you can comprehend, um, and a heart space where you can comprehend the fullness of what you're doing. And so that would be like a a piece of advice is if you have a small group or if you have friends or family and you are wanting to, um, experience this remembrance, right? Um, then that you would take the time to, um, do this. Like somebody just told me today, actually, as we were just talking about this weekend service, um, you know, you could do it with, I I think she said that she took, she had a group of students at one point and she took like animal crackers and like Capri Sun, right. And like, they just had communion together out on the field and you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, juice and a little tiny sliver of bread. Like, Take the time, take the moments, build it into the routine of your life. Make and, and make sure it's not just this thing that loses its meaning by just doing it every single day necessarily, if that's what that is for you, right? But take the intentional time, take right. the intentional moments and give your give the Lord the ability to speak with clarity in moments. Allow space for him to in, encounter your heart. Yep. No, I love that. And I love the 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 invitation to you to say like if you want to do this with your family, you don't need to be anybody but you to lead your family through communion. You don't need to be a pastor. You don't need to be yeah. a theologian. You can be you and go, Hey, let's take communion together. And it allow the scripture to lead you, allow the scripture to do what it does and pray together. But those six words are a great place to start to focus and go, Hey, let's all do these, some element, or maybe even assign one word to each person in the family or something like that. Like hmm. there's so many ways we could experience cool. this. That could be, um, I, I think what I fall into the trap of is I, uh, and I grew up in the trap of letting the church do the heavy lifting yeah. when it came to some of the spiritual disciplines and some of those things. And so if somebody else wasn't leading me to it, then I wasn't doing it where we get invited to go. No, you can, you can do this as, as a small group, as a family unit, as a group of friends, whatever that might be. And so I love that. that some invitation. of that's fear, right? Cause you're just oh, afraid totally. that you're going to mess it up, but we serve a totally. God who's filled with grace and yeah. love and. And you feel He's awkward with us. And, yeah. and, and it feels like vulnerable, Yep. but you're absolutely right. It's, it's not supposed to be perfect. It's supposed to be, it's supposed to be a connection moment Yeah. more than anything. Mikey, thank you so much for this conversation. Glad yeah, to have thanks, you. man. I love talking with you. So, To find out more about the series threads that inspired this conversation, head to faithchapel.cc slash threads. There you can find different resources, blog posts, and even a digital art gallery surrounding the series. There will be more conversations on the way. I'm excited to explore and dialogue with different thinkers, authors, and artists. As always, if you have questions or thoughts, you can email us at podcast at faithchapel.cc.